Hello, everyone. I'm Holly Smithson. I'm with Athena's Blueprint for Success, and we're excited to bring this month's program to you in partnership with our friends and sponsors at San Diego Gas and Electric. I'm Holly Smithson, Athena's CEO and your host. And in our studio today, I'm really excited to have my friend and colleague, Allison Kimnar. Um, she's the Vice President of Clinical Science and Operations at Tyra Biosciences. And Allison, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. It's, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I love Athena. I love what you're doing. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited to have a talk with you today. Excellent. Thank you. And you know, it's funny because we were talking um, as uh, before the program and you were, we were talking about the, the she session and how a lot of, of women are re reevaluating, reassessing um, mm -hmm. their career. And there's a huge amount of interest in women that are actually considering moving into the STEM fields um, in large part because of the sense of purpose. Um, and that will, that ability to actually have a meaningful impact in the work that we do and the commitment that's made. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about your, uh, your story and what prompted you to pursue. And I know you've, uh, you've got a couple of, uh, degrees, uh, uh double masters in, uh, healthcare administration, nursing and health leadership. So we'd love to hear your story and, and the motivation. Yeah, I'm so happy to share. I mean, I, I didn't really start out thinking I was going to go into nursing, in fact. So um, I started out at the University of Penn and I was like, most people probably who go to, you know, a, the university, like I'm going to medical school. And, um, but as I was going through that educational journey, I kind of started to question, you know, is this really where I want to be? And I wasn't sure, so I started to talk to uh, different people at the, in, the, in the university, department heads and um, different instructors and professors. And I made my way over to the nursing school and was just really completely drawn into everything that they do there in terms of their theory, their nursing, their, their, their nursing history there is tremendous. And then their dedication to research. So it hit all of these boxes that I was like, wow, like this is really cool. I can actually work with patients, do something that I really feel close to. My mom was a nurse. My dad was an environmental science scientist. And so we were, you know, we were always talking about, you know, anything nursing, anything science or, and, you know, so for me, it was sort of a natural fit. I was going to wind up in science no matter what was going to happen in some way, shape or form. But I really, I just really fell in love with, what they offered. And, and from there it was a go. I, you know, I had a bunch of courses under my belt that were science, uh, science back, you know, science-based going to medical school. You had to take all the, you know, the sciencey courses, the biochems and all the, the organic chems and all, all that fun stuff. But I wanted to transition. So I just took that, you know, I just took that in stock and figured, okay, I have some extra things in my tool belt. And, um, and then went on my way and started my, started my nursing education and, and just continued to thrive and love it. And when I, when I transitioned into um, the master's program there, um, I kind of did the same sort of pivot because I, I started working in the hospital. So I was working full-time and at, at, actually at the time I had four kids. So um, I, <laughs> I know, so I was working full-time and I was doing my master's and I intended to go into the nurse practitioning oncology program, but an opportunity came up in the research department. So I had to think about, okay, what now? 
And so I, I, again, I decided to take advantage of that opportunity and transition into the research department, which meant I needed to decide what to do with my education. So in that, in that way, I, um, I also gained some extra science uh, knowledge and background by completing a, you know, a bit of my oncology NP program before I transitioned into the health leadership and the administration program. So it was sort of, it was sort of a no-brainer to do the dual masters because um, you know, I, I, I wanted to take advantage of all the education that I had and make it meaningful for me. And, um, and so I just, you know, I just continued to pursue the goals that I thought were um, interesting to me. Wow, you you failed to mention in your illustrious uh, career that you also uh, brought four uh, four babies into the planet. So I have uh, so much respect for you. <laughs> uh, it blows my mind, but as as they say, those that can do. That's exactly uh, true. Yeah. <laughs> well, this so this begs the question then, given um, given all all that I know, tell us a little bit about you know, we, we always know that hindsight is twenty twenty, And for those people that are wrestling with the question, do I stay? Do I pivot? Am, am I doing the right thing given all of the stresses that are out there in this three-year COVID crazy train? Yeah. Um, what's one of the things that you wish you had known um, before as you started into your career that maybe ah, yeah. helped? <laughs> I think it's that no decision is, is no decision really needs to be the wrong decision. Um, you know, you don't, you don't, you can take advantage of any opportunity, I think, and, and evaluate it uh, on its merits and make the best of any situation. Um, I, you know, I was really blessed to, to work um, at Penn on the transplant floor, the bone marrow transplant floor. And many people there obviously are suffering um, really transitional life experiences. And I found that experience incredibly rewarding because it really um, allowed me to have a, a much wider perspective on the blessings of life, right? So um, it, it enabled me to have this opportunity where I could participate with people um, who were uh, facing these difficult challenges. And, um, and then hopefully help them um, transition um, through that journey um, so that they could also come out on the other side with, you know, with some, some um, learning, some takeaway. And, you know, sometimes it was hard, obviously, um, but I think, you know, you, 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 you take advantage of any situation that you're in and you just try to find out, you know, find the right, the right, um, uh, you know, the right mix of, of the, of the positives with the negatives. So, um, but yeah, I, I think maybe that, like, there's no, there's no real decision that, that needs to be the wrong decision. You just, uh, you go where, where you think you're making the best choice and the things that are driving you and driving your passions and, you know, and you see where that journey goes. So. That's awesome. And I, you know, I, I note in your background, I mean, you work for some pretty, um, pretty significant, you know, heavyweight uh, pharma um, companies, uh, most notably with um, GlaxoSmithKline. Talk a little bit about what that culture was like and how you found your way. I think you were there for over six years. And um, 
and and maybe sometimes we learn by we learn there's more to be learned by our our failures or our our, our speed bumps uh, our stumbles because mm-hmm. um, there's just a lot of lessons to be learned if we stay curious and be open. I'd love to hear uh, if you have any of those that might be uh, beneficial. Oh my gosh, you just you just reminded me of one that was like the first the first big like wake up moment for me. So I mean, you know, I came from this background where I was sort of like, oh, to be successful, I need to I need to be perfect. I need to get the A's. I need to you know everything needs to be going right. And I finished up my master's program and this opportunity came up at, at, um, at GSK. And again, I was like, okay, I'll try this. I'll see what, I'll see what this, you know, what I get, what I get here, what I learned from this, from this uh, transition again. <laughs> and um, so I went from um, liquid tumors, which is a leukemia and lymphoma and being very knowledgeable about all of that. And when I stepped into GSK, they said, oh, we need somebody in solid tumors. And if you're familiar with cancers like that, liquid tumors and solid tumors are very, very different, totally night and day. And so I got put on a program that was writing um, a solid tumor study and it was this really complex statistical design. They wanted to kind of like do two two statistical designs in one large phase three study. It's the first time I ever wrote a study and we got to protocol review and five minutes before we were going to this executive committee for protocol review, I got a phone call and said, pull the program from the, from the review committee. It's not, it's not good enough. And I was devastated. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I've never done this before. I'm such a good writer. This can't be happening to me. I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was on the edge of, of, of really kind of freaking out, but I went and I met with, um, the CMO at the time, and um, and he he was like, "What's what's the matter? Like, what? Why are you so upset?" <laughs> and I'm just like, I could not get over the fact that something I did just wasn't good enough. And he he was like, "This is science. Like, you know, we need to take our time. We need to get it right. And not everything's going to be perfect um, the first time. So get over it." And so I was like, you know, I was like, oh, wow, what a lesson. Like that was like, and that was the very, that was probably within the first six weeks of working at GSK. So I got over that pretty quickly and, um, and then figured out what I needed to do to move along. (laughs) And it was fun. It was fun. It was such a, it was, GSK is still a, a really, really fascinating environment because the science is fast. It's a really large company and, um, and what that offers you is this really wide array of people that you can network with. So you could learn as much as you wanted to learn just by tapping into people and listening to them or having lunch with them or going to a meeting and they always had some lunch and learns or something, you know, something that you could go listen to, some talks you could listen to, scientists coming in. So it was a really, really engaging um, environment. And I, yeah, I stayed there for a number of years and did uh, did a successful, some successful studies. We delivered a, a really great phase three study, which did not meet its primary endpoints, um, I would add, um, but it was a successfully delivered study with good, good quality data. So it gave us answers and that's what's important in science, so yeah. What, what, what stood out to me in your um, sharing your story is this notion that you thought you know, it, you were shooting for perfection. And then somebody said, get a grip. 
get a grip, get a grip, Allison. <laughs> in other words, perfection doesn't exist. And in science, and particularly in science, it needs to be as close to that as, as, as you can. And anything short of that isn't going to cut, isn't going to cut it. Um, mm -hmm. So it's really interesting to see how you receive that um, and kind of in your own evolution, sort of mature, because some of us, especially in this industry, feel like we have to be of a certain level to even be included, much less respected and valued, um, but how that sort of can be counterproductive and can work mm -hmm. against us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you had so you had that sort of you had that revelation like okay I gotta I gotta tweak that story that I'm telling myself because it's yeah it's not required. yeah yeah and and you know I'm it I was I was fortunate to to have some really good people um, on the team that I was that I was um, allocated to um, and this really strong woman who I still adore. And, um, you know, she, she also was sort of the same mindset uh, where she's, her, her feathers just don't seem to be ruffled very much. And, um, but she was great because she, you know, she would always sort of say, you know, you, you're kind of what I said earlier, sort of you're any, anything that you're experiencing, anything that you're going through at that moment is a learning opportunity. So you take what you can from that particular experience and then you, you know, you digest it and you think about it and you kind of, you know, learn a little bit from it and you learn what you want to do more of and what you don't want to do more of and, and you go on and you, uh, yeah, you take all that with you. And, you know, that really does require a, a level of curiosity that sort of just burns in the background. It's like, listen, school is always in. Yeah. And if you, if you approach some of the adversity that it may, you know, may come across inside your company or within a particular um, industry or, a, you know, a really large global pharma company, by taking that attitude and taking that approach, here's a learning opportunity. And I get to build my leadership muscle in this way. Um, or we get to tear down the muscle before we yep. build it back up. Mm -hmm. Sometimes um, that happens too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably more times than not. <laughs> Yeah, these days I I feel like everybody I feel like there's a high degree of anxiety naturally inside of a global pandemic, but it's seeping into everybody's sort of psyche and the leadership, you know, leading through anxiety, right? Leading through fatigue, and yeah. so your advice and counsel inside that sort of environment um, is is particularly salient. Um, but it's easier said than done. So I don't want to, I don't want to sound Pollyanna over here. We're like, oh, just, yeah. just cough it up as a learning experience. But it does soften the experience when you go in and say, what am I going to learn here? Mm -hmm. How yeah. am I going to step up my game inside this, you know, um, really wild time in our yeah. history? And this, this time is definitely, I mean, so many people are really struggling with um, not just I mean, it's COVID fatigue, but like you said, it's, you know, this she, she session, um, but it's, you know, I, I do think it's really important and I've found this and maybe, maybe other people will think about it too, but it is really important for you to be able to step away from things. Um, you know, COVID has been so encompassing for everybody and it's sort of, you know, it sort of just surrounds you, right? And just, it's everywhere. It's everybody, it's everywhere, it's everywhere you go. And you really, I think it's really important for people to make sure that they have time that they can step away and 
have that time to do whatever it is. It's reflection. It's just walking outside. It's doing nothing on a Saturday night. It's stopping work when you, when you, you know, you really need to make yourself stop working for some period of time. Just allow yourself to have that break because, you know, there's no, there's no way at this point where we get away from it, right? We just need to kind of know how we navigate through it. And it's, you know, it's going to, I don't know, it's going to be what it's going to be in six months, right? We keep thinking, I keep thinking, oh, we're going to be back to the new normal, but it's going to be whatever it is. So it does mean that in order to manage our own mental health, we really do need to give ourselves a break and, um, and allow ourselves some time away. And another way of saying that, which is self-compassion. I'm pretty sure that's not, I'm pretty sure that's a foreign concept to this audience of overachievers, high performers, self-compassion. I'm guilty of it. It's something I work on and self-love and just go easy on yourself. And, and, and I don't mean to get too excited about it, but I, I only, I only, um, say that because I feel like if we could bring that into our daily practice, it would go a long way. Um, and, and, and in that same vein, when we feel almost powerless because everything is so crazy and um, we're so far um, away from what, what life used to be, but to, to, and this is something I'm doing, is to actually put um, a couple of bullets and talk about your accomplishments. Be reminded of the good stuff rather than the bad stuff. And yeah. be reminded when when things were you know a gentler um, society, a gentler time, that you know we just to be reminded of your greatness, yeah. and and I think that would go a long way. And I'd I'd love to ask you, what is the the most um, the accomplishment in your career that gives you the greatest um, satisfaction or pride? Goodness, um, that's a really that's a really in my career that I, you know, I guess. Um, you know, it's really, I don't know if it's an achievement per se, but well, I, I was, I'm very happy that I took the risk actually that I took to, um, to pivot into the nursing school. It, it, it really changed the trajectory of my life. And I, I gave up, actually, I gave up a full-time scholarship, a full scholarship um, to Penn. And it, the, the scholarship required me to be in the um, liberal arts program at Penn. And like I said, I was looking and I was thinking medical school and like all these sorts of things. But in, in order to move to the nursing program, I needed to give that scholarship. It was a scholarship for women and um, women who you know, had some good, good quality academics in their back pocket. But it, um, it, I mean, doing that, taking that risk um, was something I'm really glad I did. It's, it's really changed everything, um, everything that my life has been about. And it's, it's allowed me to have an impact in a lot of people's lives, not just working as a nurse, uh, which I really loved and, and still value deeply, uh, but then moving into research and, and then allowing that to, um, you know, be allowing me to, to actually have a wider impact, um, working in science, working in research, hoping, you know, hopefully um, developing drugs that are, that are extending people's lives and making people's lives better. So I think probably, you know, it happened a long time ago, but probably that's the, the thing I'm most proud of. And that's, that's, that's pretty, um, that's pretty telling because again, what does um, high reward require? A high risk. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you did that, you made that bet early on 
And in the absence of taking that risk, you wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't be having such a fulfilling um, and high impact career. So that's, um, that's pretty, that's pretty solid advice. I appreciate that. Um, well, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to come and share your story and, and hear your, your career uh, path so that others in our audience might draw some insights, uh, some strategies, and some great philosophies that work for you that they may want to apply in their own career path. Um, super excited. And, and I know you're, on, you're outside of Philly. You're on the East Coast. Um, so I won't tell you to enjoy this uh, lovely 70-degree weather that we're having in California. Uh, (laughs) but thank you again Allison really really enjoyed having you in our studio really thank you so much for having me Holly it was really a pleasure excellent and that wraps up this edition of Athena's blueprint for success and we want to thank and acknowledge our partners at San Diego Gas and Electric and we'll see you next time